ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Catch Up, the podcast about contemporary hip-hop that talks about where it's been, where it's going, and where it is. I'm Jordan Suwami. And I'm James Rathbone. And this week we're going to talk about our top five songs and albums of the year so far since we're just past the halfway point as we enter into July. Um, But before we get into that, just want to mention that if you're listening to to this on the day that it drops... We have a Boosie Fade party in Toronto tonight. It's Boosie Fade 25, quarter century. And if you're in the city, you should be with us tonight because the Drake album dropped last night. It's fresh. You have about eight, t- 10 or more hours, depending on when you're listening to this, <laughs> to get familiar with the biggest bangers on there and bring your ass to Parts and Labor yeah. and, and enjoy it with us. Yeah. You you don't want to be the person that doesn't recognize it. You're like, oh wow, a new this new Drake out. These people seem really excited about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, join us if you're in town. You won't regret it. Um, yeah. And before we get into our list, I just want to just want to mention like last week I last week it was Pride weekend in Toronto, and there was a few really interesting free shows. There was one that featured a local artist named Ebony and Kalani at uh, the Young and Dennis Square, which I tried to go to, but apparently got there a little too late and they had blocked off. They were no longer allowing people in. Hit capacity in this public square. It was very frustrating. But then I walked over to the Wellesley stage where there was a perform like Yes, Yes, Y'all, which is a local party group. Uh, we're doing an, a, an all-night event. And I saw a few really excellent rappers one is uh, Matthew Progress, who's a local Toronto guy who put out an EP earlier this year. Has a great song called Lemon Pepper Wet, which <laughs> is a reference to Atlanta. Um, and another rapper from New York, I believe, named Pony. And it was just like, really refreshing to see two rappers rap sort of complicated bars live, you know, especially in the age of the backtrack, you know, backing track vocals dominating a lot of hip hop performances. It's just like, when you, there's, there's nothing like seeing the raw energy of two rappers just go for it, you know? So mm. just wanted to shout those guys out to start the show. So we're going to talk about our top five songs and albums of the half year. Yeah. Um, James, would you like to kick it off yeah. by starting up talking about an album? So for the uh, segment where we're talking about our albums... We're going to set a timer of three minutes, which we will obey depending on uh, how much we care about the record or how much we've talked about it uh, before or not on the podcast. So, uh, starting now, my first album uh, is Simi by Blockboy JB. Blockboy JB, uh, if you aren't familiar, kind of shot out of a cannon this year into becoming like one of rap's most um, hotly sought after collaborators he's been all over the place Um, we've talked about him a little bit before Uh, he's uh, notably released a record with Drake uh, that you know all of a sudden put him onto sort of rap's A-list and being like he that he was a rapper who I don't think many had heard of, including myself, prior to 2018, he's he really kind of came out fully baked um, and has provided the dance that like most of uh, North America's youth are doing, the shoot dance, uh, which is I think actually a fairly old, named after a fairly old song of his, "Shoot." 
uh, I think came out maybe actually a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw that somewhere that like I saw like a really old MP3 of it. So I think it, it's like he'd been sitting on it for a little while. Uh-huh, and, I think maybe the video came out last year. Though. Yeah, yeah. But I, I saw an MP3 that was like tagged 2016, I think. So anyway, it, may, it might not be that old. But anyways, so he really kind of he had a he came out with like a novelty dance and had like a distinct flow and it didn't necessarily seem like the type of artist whose first release would be distinctive or his first uh, sort of post-breakout release would be super distinctive and consistent from beginning to end. But Simi is like a really fun record. He's a really funny rapper, uh, has this great new flow. Um, loves to dance. Loves to dance. He was a dancer, I think, like okay. growing up. Yeah. Because um, he's really good. Uh-huh. He's one of the better dancers in recent hip-hop history. Yeah, I think there's also a really great video of him and Little Uzi Vert uh, from BT Awards Weekend in their suits, dancing in a hotel room, um, <laughs> just really going for it. We'll put it in the show notes. It's it's uh, one of those things that will brighten up your day no matter what's happening. Yeah, yeah. So, um, some of the choice tracks from that record include, well, "Look Alive" featuring Drake, which is the his breakout song. Um, None of Dat featuring Lil Pump. Another like funny song. Ooh, uh, yeah, Rover 2.0 featuring uh, 21 Savage, which just goes off really hard in the club. Um, he's got a great song with YG Nike Swoosh. Uh, yeah, he's just a really exciting rapper, and that is just about three minutes. Okay, for me, I'm going to start off by talking about uh, the rapper from Illinois named Juice World. Uh, earlier. In our run, we had an episode talking about the evolution of emo rap, and Juice World feels like a new frontier. Um, it's like an evolution of something that was started by Little Peep, I mean, most in recent memory, and advanced by a lot of other artists, including like Little Uzi, uh, Princess Nokia recently. Um, Juice World is kind of, he's, he's kind of taken the pop sensibilities, I think, of Post Malone in some ways, and melded it with this emo rap wave and created a whole new lane of his own where it's a specific ownable thing. And so through this record has had some huge hits. Uh, All Girls Are the Same and Lucid Dreams, which I, Lucid Dreams is like a Billboard Hot 100 top 10 single for him. Yeah. And which is like remarkable for a kid with no cosign. It kind of came out of nowhere. Absolutely came out of nowhere. And I, just the album, the album is called Goodbye and Good Riddance. And it like listening to it front to back is uh i think while a lot of other artists have dabbled with emo like little uzi mm-hmm. uh, trippy red like juice world is an emo rapper like yes. he it melds all of the sonic sense a lot of the sonic sensibilities of 2000s emo like bands like taking back sunday and brand new uh, and things like that and melds it with a hip hop vibe mm-hmm. and drums and he also has a you know a gift for for actually like expressing the the emotional tear and pain that you know is the hallmark of a lot of a lot of that 2000s emo music and he also you know he has a he can be funny and sharp with it and i think that he's he seems to me is is like a bright new voice in hip-hop and i'm really excited for his future like the other day this is like not on the album but he put out a song called uh legends which is a about the deaths of Little Peep and XXX Tentacion, and reg- regardless of how you feel about uh, X, 
Um, I mean, I was not a fan, but mm-hmm. the song, like for someone who put, who put a song out, you know, days after this happened, it's a really strong, evocative song. Like it really captures a depth of feeling and just, I think a lot of like, uh, longing and and just like questioning like this really good at like at getting to the the core of just feeling like an existential uh, not malaise but like an existential pain pain yeah and i i think this is a skill that's going to get take him very far because this is something that especially with the way that people emote on the internet and talk about their feelings mm-hmm. is going to, is going to connect with a lot of like young music fans. So yeah. um, I'm really excited about his future and I think he's a great artist. It's going to be huge. So next up, um, we, the artist Lil baby uh, released a record called harder than ever uh, this year, which I was really, really into. I think we, we mentioned him again, like pretty early into our, when our first episodes uh, and I think actually shortly before the mixtape had even come out, uh, harder than ever lived up to uh, the hype. I mean, Lil Baby's just a really, really dynamic rapper who uh, has this incredible flow that you know he's he sort of in, it's like a, almost like an Atlantis version of Meek Mill in some respects. He's a really technically strong rapper. Um, he uh, also had an important Drake cosign uh, for that for this record um, on the song "Yes Indeed." Yeah, uh, which someone I, I heard I remember hearing someone point out or seeing someone point out. I can't remember where. I'm probably maybe in the Boozy Fade group. Maybe it was you uh, that it was one of the first times that someone has definitely been better than drake on on a track that he's featured on that yeah featured that was on. um the great hip-hop orator dj academics oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> of course yeah uh the one and only anyway he has some ama- just amazing lines on that that record that are like quotable in a way that drake's lines are kind of quotable they're smart and funny and mm-hmm. um 2500 and a new pair of tennis shoes yeah for the same price i can have the young boys finish you <laughs> it's just it just is a Delicious Bon Mott. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He also says, wah, 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 I'm Lil Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes it sound hard still, yes, you exactly. know? Um, and there's some good memes related to that line as well, if you if you uh, know where to look. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I mean, he's just the, the kind of, like, exciting new Atlanta rapper that just has, like, a really great flow uh, that I'm... Ex- anytime he's on a song, it means, like, I want to check it out. Yeah. Um, I think he's really good at making you feel his struggle just through the way that he says the words. Like, mm-hmm. um, I believe it's on Freestyle, which is like, I think his first breakout song. He has a line where he's like, came up together, we used to wear the same clothes. Yeah. And just the way that he says it, you really, it, you, it's like you picture his come up, his success now, and mm-hmm. think about all of his friends were the same friends that were with him through all that. And they were like, just imagine them as like young boys with like, with nothing to their name. Yeah. And are now like in a celebratory position. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's, it's a really great. It's a. It's. I mean, that's one of the strongest skills you can have as a rapper, being able to put someone there in a in a single line. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's just like he he is probably next up out of Atlanta, and I think he's got a lot of room to grow. Because considering he's basically been out of jail for not very long and mm-hmm. already has risen to the these heights, I think he's got a long way to go. And this record is really strong. Yeah. 
This next album we've already talked about on this show, but I just want to mention it again because it is a highlight of the year for me. It's Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy. Um, I mean, we talked about this a lot in the in the early in one of our earlier episodes, which you can go back in the archives and check out uh, if you missed it. But just you know, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on Cardi B to come out and be spectacular and have this album be strong, especially after the other otherworldly success of uh, Bodak Yellow. And I think there are a lot of people that were that were skeptical of of her ability to actually turn in uh, a strong record because the track record of viral stars who come out of a, a world that's not music turning into viable commercial recording artists is just not strong. Yeah, but little, even for rappers who come out and their first song or their, they have a breakout hit really early in their career, it's often hard for them to live up to that early magic, like a designer or someone like that. Yeah, even, I mean, even someone like Rich Homie Kwan, mm-hmm. like he managed, he, he has worked into like a, a decent, like serviceable career. But after uh, Feel some type of way, some type of way, it was like sometimes a song can be so big that it cannibalizes an artist's entire growth. Yes. Yeah. And so, and Cardi really upended that. Yes. I feel like for the, in a very, you know, demonstrative way that I, I can't think of a time I've seen this happen for an artist with like a really big breakout record that they, where they were a nobody before and became a somebody after and then were able to become a bigger somebody with the release of their album. Yeah. So just some choice tracks from this album. Um, Be Careful, obviously. Uh, great song. Barty Cardi, mm-hmm. Bickenhead, the, the Three Six Mafia, Mafia sampling, which is like still my favorite, one of my favorite songs to, to play out it's just a lot of fun yeah and she has a song that's a, probably going to be a number one by the before the end of the summer it's just i like it with bad bunny yeah um so yeah just a really fun album of like 13 songs all a lot of them very different mm-hmm. and just a lot of like bangers you know and a lot of them tapping different kind of emotions and mental states so uh that's one of my one of my top five albums yeah. of the, the half year great record um, so, uh, for my next record, and this is a record I'm going to, I'm going to dip into my fourth record's time to talk about this record for a little bit longer than three minutes, uh, is the Black Panther OST, which is kind of, kind of a Kendrick record, Ken- Kendrick curated. He's not, uh, rapping on every song, but, uh, it was just when this record came out, I, I w- I'll be honest, I wasn't as excited for Black Panther as maybe mo- most people I knew were uh mostly because i just don't i'm not like a big superhero movie guy uh and i don't think i kind of appreciated the the cultural impact that this movie was going to have and just how excellent the movie itself ended up being and i remember when it came out and the the soundtrack came out rather first and i i hadn't i didn't go see black panther like the first day and uh i remember just listening to the soundtrack like on repeat like it was like it was like you know when you're younger and you know if you were around in the era of like CDs or tapes and a CD comes out and it's literally you just put it back around like every single time i was so it just it's like kind of in a way one of the things i'd wanted i kind of wanted kendrick to do his whole career was make something that was sort of almost like less artistically ambitious i know that sounds like kind of maybe like blasphemy to Kendrick fans. Uh, I like his very artistically um, ambitious stuff too, obviously. But I really enjoy records like uh, Poetic Justice or 
love or like backseat freestyle the stuff that is like a little cartoons bit more cartoons and cereal yeah well cartoons and cereal is the best song in my opinion mm-hmm. um but this anyway this record itself uh just has it's so enjoyable front to back um i mean it kind of it just has like so many great features it seems it's like felt like you were peeking into kendrick's kind of head and and seeing the stuff that he listens to and what he enjoys and i mean it has the the, the just one of actually if i'd remember this maybe i would i probably would have put it on my best songs of the year but uh the j-rock and future king's, king's dead, dead yes which is still such a fun song um yeah. and a really fun video i yeah, think like a i think great a, video a, another great thing about this album is just like I mean, you mentioned it, but the, the diversity of artists that are featured on it. I mean, you have like the TDE people, which you could expect, but you got two chains on here. You got uh, Khalid, uh, Khalid and Sway Lee. Mm-hmm. You got SOB RBE, which yeah. is like a kind of a, this is their coming out party, a discovery yes. Yes. of uh, Bay Area rappers who were like yeah. regional stars, yeah. kind of getting the platform through Black Panther and yeah. then be kind of going on to their the stardom of their own. Yeah, you have uh, Bay Area legend Mozzie. Uh, yeah. so just like a really strong taste and a really. I think a good use of the platform to put other people on and give give them the kind of exposure that they would never otherwise get. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the SOB RBE were uh, sort of smart enough to to realize that like they could um, drop they should drop their own record sort of in the wake of it, and which is another awesome album. If you haven't heard it, you should check it out. It's not. I don't think it's on either of our lists, but it is definitely going to be on a lot of people's best of the year lists. Yeah, when we made, when we made a thread recently in Boosie Fade the Group, um, a, a lot of people, a few people mentioned the SOB RBE album. Yeah, said they were still listening to it like months later, which in this uh, kind of constantly updating short attention span era really says something. Um, I also, you know, the Travis Scott and Kendrick song, Big Shot, those two probably should do a collaborative album at some point. I would really like it. Every song they've done together has been excellent. Goosebumps, yeah. one of their be- one of Travis Scott's best songs of all time. Yeah, pro- yeah top three Travis Scott songs. Yeah. I, I do think that the collaborative album idea is always better in theory than in execution. Well. You know, <laughs> I think it's, it's like, it's a, it's a fun... I think it's fun when you can imagine, yeah. but sometimes when you get the whole package, you're like, you know what? <laughs> yeah. Well, some, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm trying to think of what are actually good ones. Yeah. You probably watch right. the throne. Watch That's the throne. It. That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like people never sort of give their best material on collaborative albums so much yeah. of the time, but both of those people are so cla- creative and like, can't they don't like, I feel like they bring out the best in each other mm-hmm. in a way that often collaborative albums, you're like, but you guys don't, eh, you don't really fit together that well, like well, we Drake thought, and Future. We thought uh, that's also another good one. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's definitely not either of the in their best works. No, that's not. But I think for what it was at the time, it was. Uh, There's some good songs on really it. good songs. But I don't like. I don't think they are like the like perfect collaborators by any stretch. Like, mm-hmm. like I think that like, um, you know, there are other people who bring out more from uh, from Future. Or, uh, from Drake, per se, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. such as Party Next Door. Or actually, Travis Scott and Drake, their songs are often quite good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that's like almost two two albums long, but I'm going to talk, my next one I'll talk about really shortly. Okay. For me, my next album is an album by a rapper from 
coincidentally from the exact same part of Houston that I went to, that I grew up in for a period of time and went to high school in A Leaf, Texas, is a rapper named Maxo Cream. Wow. And, and the album is called Punkin. And it's pretty hilarious because if you see any Maxo Cream videos or you ever see him talk, like he's a very, very tough dude. And a lot of his music is about stuff that happens in that neighborhood in the neighborhood, which is like home invasions, <laughs> drug dealing, robberies. And uh, when I lived there, I didn't realize that it was uh, it, the block was that hot. You know, <laughs> I'm actually not sure that it was. I think that is like post Katrina like mm. there was like things changed in that area, but I think right. it's like, but it's still interesting to see. Yeah. So any anyway, Max, Max or cream is a really, um, he's a really smart rapper, really, really has a gift for narrative. And like on this album it talks about, talks a lot about his family and just about like different things that were going on. Like he is like, you know, a lot of there's like gangsters in his family and like his uncle was like, addicted to drugs. And like, and I think, He's able to talk, you know, paint these like kind of grim pictures at, with while also having occasionally like, kind of a stone faced sense of humor about some of it. Um, and for me, like he he shows like a lot of versatility in this album. Uh, one of my favorite songs is is a song called Beyonce. And it's just like it's just talking about the different ways that his that is his chopper sings. <laughs> and, um, he has this one line where he's like. My choppers sing like Drake. My Dracos sing like Drake, though. Which, <laughs> you know, I'm, maybe I'm a, I'm a very simple man. Like, yeah. that is just so amusing to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I've been I th- waiting for someone to make that play. Because, you know, Drake has, like, has been working on rhymes like that and then realizes he can't really, like, make a Draco rap and yeah, he's like okay gotta get, exactly yeah he's yeah. like oh finally i can i've got my whole like draco concept album i can pass off but mm-hmm. yeah and i think another thing i really like about maxo is that for people i think even if you're a, the kind of rap fan that's maybe a little bit skeptical of a lot of the new school guys maxo has a, this quality that but it makes you think it makes it harkens back to like some ni- 90s rappers you might get like just in the storytelling sense you might get like a mob deep vibe from him or like a southern like a southern like you know very UGK millennial like UGK Scarface yeah like that. absolutely um so yeah that's that's Maxo Cream yeah i mean he's kind of like i feel like it's kind of uh Interesting how Houston, where who has was such like a influential and like hot, you know, when we uh, rap location when we were coming up, but is now uh, back to sort of being like almost like a regional place in in the way that it was sort of in the nineties or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and I do think a lot of that is tied to the flattening of regional influence in music. And mm-hmm. if you think about how Houston's influence has been just subsumed by the music industry at large through Drake, through ASAP Rocky, yeah. through just uh, OG Ron C making yeah. screwed and chopped versions of like every album, like the yeah. Moonlight soundtrack, SZA's album, like you name an album that people are listening to and OG Ron C has made a chopped, not slopped version. Yeah. Um, so I think that what was special about Houston's rap has, is like, it's just a part of like general hip hop now. Yeah. And, I mean, you still have all of the regional stars from back in the day, like the Paul Wall, Slim Thug, yeah, uh, Zero, Zero. All these guys are still putting out records. They're mostly uh, paid attention to by in a, in a local sense. Yeah, but um, it's still happening. It's still happening. Yeah. yeah. 
And Max Maxo also, you know, Maxo has a lot of Maxo doesn't sound like a lot of those guys. Like mm-hmm. he he he's definitely a Houston, like in the mold of a traditional Houston rapper based on a lot of his subject matter. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have like the kind of like the slow moving like slab sound, like you yeah. know this the sound that like you bang in your car, like DJ Screw influence, like yeah, yeah. slow moving music. But um, he's definitely one of the, I think at the forefront of. Houston rappers who have a bit of national profile right now. Yeah, um, I'm not going to in- include Travis Scott necessarily in this. In yeah, this, yeah. Uh, in that, I, but he is like probably the most famous like Houston rapper from Houston, even though he's from Missouri City, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is a suburb of Houston. I'm not hating, uh, but yeah, cool. So uh, as promised, I'm not going to go too deep into uh, my next pick. Because uh, I've already talked about it a lot on this podcast, and probably you'll hear me talk about it again in December because I know that it will be in my uh, f- final year end list, which is Playboy Cardi's Die Lit. Uh, I'm just a huge Playboy Cardi fan. He just makes music that I can listen to over and over again. Uh, it's very atmospheric music for me. Um, there's just he has like a lot of really great features who kind of. Uh, like little Uzi, Skepta, Nicki Minaj, who all kind of just like get into his sounds. They 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 uh, kind of meld in really nicely. And and uh, yeah, if you haven't listened to it and you're into those kinds of things, I highly highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I don't have much else to say. You can go back to our our prior episode where I you know wax on uh, for much longer about it. Playboy Cardi. Yeah. Post post lyricism. Post lyricism. It's a new kind of lyricism. Yeah, it's it's uh, a lot of ad min- libs. It's, it's minimalism. Minimal. It is minimalism. Lyrical minimalism. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so that's Playboy Cardi. That's my fourth one. Uh, on a similar level, I'm I'm gonna talk about. I mean, I haven't really talked about this album too much, but I've talked about this artist and recommended her songs uh, as my my songs of the week on multiple occasions, and it's the the rapper from. Philadelphia, Tierra Wack, um, who put out this album called Wack World. Uh, it's an audiovisual album. So there's like the album, uh, the record, which is available on Spotify and also on Instagram, since all the songs are one minute long. You can also watch a 15 minute and some chains music video, which has all the so- like music videos for all the songs in there. But she's a really, 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 really original artist with uh, a kind of really strong sense of versatility. There may be some like so, like she's a great singer. There's some there's some singing that might you know remind you of Frank Ocean in a way. There's there's like doo wop influences on the album. There is like a great like, trap style. Like she just ha- she just really displays on this album an ability to step into all of these different worlds and really kill it and do it excellent very well. So uh, and uh, outside of that, her songwriting is also just really. It's really personal and specific and just really shows someone with a with a real like writerly gift. And based on this and then like the perspective and this is not even to mention like the music videos, which are just completely off the wall and very funny. Um, it just shows that a really strong point of view that feels very fresh and new. And I, she, I believe, is signed to Interscope in some form or another. And. I think a lot of artists, other artists in the music industry, 
including Solange and Meek Mill and ASAP Rocky, have come out as like avowed Tierra Whack fans. And I think it's a matter of time before she becomes a very big star. So if you haven't listened to this record, um, even from like, of, honestly, of all the things that I would recommend today, if, if this is the one album that I feel like if you haven't listened to, that you should go and listen to it right now. Because like, number one, it's super short. 15 minutes like yeah. you know and two i she's the kind of artist that has the kind of that has a versatility that i feel like no matter where you land on the hip-hop spectrum in terms of what you like there will be something in here for you so tira whack whack world get your ass to spotify <laughs> or title or apple music or to instagram and listen to it yeah you have no excuse <laughs> so for my fifth and final record i'm gonna go with O three greedo the Wolf of Grape Street. Uh, if you've heard of O3 Greedo, as I hadn't uh, up until uh, like a few months ago, and I remember being like, who is this guy? Uh, like, yeah, in the beginning of the year, um, when I was starting to hear a little bit of hype about him. Uh, he's he's kind of like LA's like little boozy or like a... Basically, this guy who's in the, this tradition of, of sort of like... Uh, very conscious sort of street rap that uh, really comes seems to come from a place of someone who's legitimately struggled and it's introspective and sort of conscious of all the like you know greater circumstances affecting their life um, and this record is uh, it's just it's really great it's something I've gotten into pretty recently and I'm I'm pretty excited to be listening to it throughout the next uh you know, a couple months, uh, because it's, it's pretty long and it's also, uh, where, whereas often, you know, we've kind of talked about how brevity is an asset for, uh, hip hop records. O3 Greedo is probably going to go to jail for quite a long time. Well, he soon. is, he's, he's definitely a 20, 20 year, year bid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Not probably. He is doing a 20 year bid and they, you know, the sort of at best situation is he can be out in like five on good behavior. And then that seems... Seems uh, quixotic. Yes, yeah, yeah. Exceedingly optimistic. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, he's going to, I think he's got a a vault of music that he'll be releasing into the future. But it's like kind of in this situation where, you know, it feels like got to appreciate what he has released. And, you know, it's like he's just got this really uh, sort of, I don't know. This is melancholic sound. This like you know, mm-hmm. and and also like uh, some some melancholic songs that st- still kind of bang. Uh, there's a song "Never Bend" that yeah. it's just a great single. Um, yeah, I don't know. And he's you know, I mean, this is I think a theme that's come up a few times on the show, and I think just in terms of like what connects with both of us, but um, is that he, even while talking about very like painting a very bleak picture of his realities and the realities of people that he grew up with also still has this like really amazing sense of humor yeah. uh, that breaks through. And I think that he's really great. He, he's really great. He's really great at using the kind of like auto tune singing that um, a lot of people do, but he does it in a way that's also weirder, mm-hmm. hangs on to notes for a lot longer, yeah. like wails a bit more. Yeah, it's kind of like future, if anyone has a parallel, it's a certain future, especially a little bit older future songs. Definitely. And but, but even like hangs on to notes longer than future would, yeah. you know, and hangs on to notes longer than most people think is sensible, Yeah, but is like a really interesting way of creating 
just a soundscape that you, like envelopes you. Yeah. And he's extremely prolific. Like most of his his projects that he's put out have like 20 plus songs. Yeah. And a lot of different styles, a lot of different types of songs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He's just like, uh, he's uh, on a recent, on the new Freddie Gibbs album, which came out last week, there's a song with, uh, with Greedo on it. And he does, he adopts like an easy E flow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, he just, once again, like a, he's just a really versatile artist. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a shame that he is about to go to prison because he is somebody that hasn't really been discovered by the music world at large. I think right now there's a lot of early adopters and critics and mm-hmm. uh, diehards who, who've, who've not- noticed him and discovered him. Yeah. But his, I think that his, his moment was coming yes. and maybe... Maybe, I don't know how the, how him going to prison is going to affect it. I don't know if it's going to make people like appreciate what he has more, but it's I'm, I'm really hoping that a lot of people like discover him in the next little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's he he for me of anyone that I've mentioned, uh, it's a person I'd 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 recommend you go and check out. I think he's there's a lot of depth to his work, and um, it's just it's I don't know. There's something about about his work that I think is, is really hits home. And my final album is going to be an album that we've talked about very recently. In fact, it was last week. <laughs> it is an album by two of the most famous people in the world, Jay-Z and Beyonce, The Carters. The album is called Everything is Love. And uh, I'm not going to go too in-depth about it, but I just really enjoyed it as the the final note in a trilogy, the album of trilogies, or a trilogy. Um, it's about like these two previously extremely private people uh, at least about their relationship and family life, kind of opening it up to the world and revealing a lot of things. Uh, I mean, strategically re- yes. revealing a lot of things. Controlling their own story, controlling their own myths. Controlling the narrative and um, painting a really, uh, uh, what I think is a really like, compelling portrait of of making it through the fire and um, appreciating what their positions in 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 uh, the music culture and political world. Uh, so for me, like standout songs on this album, um, Ape Shit, which is the single, uh, the lead single, Nice, um, Friends, man. I mean, it's a, it's like a, it's a nine song yeah, album. And, and, and it's great. It's front to back, very tight. And I think uh, kind of coming out of the, the Wyoming sessions of Kanye, which have been exciting for like a different reason, just kind of like, uh, when is this album going to drop? What's the cover art going to be? Uh, things like that, um, but also has this element of like a lot of unfinished product, which I mean, for some people they like it as a part of the package, but for me personally, sometimes can feel uh, if if not if not insulting, certainly mm-hmm. annoying. Mm. So it was it's really nice to have an album that is like very traditional in the way that old albums have been made, which is like you know strong song uh, song concepts, tight lyrics. And kind of like sticking to uh, a pattern that you were at least somewhat familiar with. So um, while while that may be boring to some people, it was very refreshing for me. (laughs) So those are our those are our top five albums each. I've got some honorable mentions uh, that easily all could have made my list. Uh, Travis Scott and Quavo's Hunter Jack, which I thought was overrated, underrated. Sorry. because we were oversaturated with Migos content at that point, but I think it's still like a really good um, album, has amazing production on it. Um, Gonna Drip Season 3. Uh, it's kind of a very similar vein to the Little Baby record, but it's uh, it's sort of this new Atlanta voice that's uh, really great. Um, 
Kids See Ghosts, which we talked about on the pod, the Cuddy and Kanye collab, uh, NBA Young Boys um, uh, record, Until Death Calls My Name, and Daytona by Pusha T. I'll talk about NBA Young Boy a little more in my songs. So these are our top five songs. Uh, James, would you like to kick it off? Okay, so for me, my top five songs of the year, and, and for me, picking five songs is like, you know, very difficult task because there's just so much good music coming out all the time. Uh, you know, so I tried to pick songs that I think um, hadn't really talked about um, in in the the show so far. Uh, Frank Ocean's Moon River. I love everything. Frank Ocean's my favorite artist maybe ever. And uh, I love everything he does. Um, Gunna and Little Baby Sold Out Dates. Uh, it's a song that I feel like when I hear it, five years from now will make me think of this time in my life and, and especially the positive fun things of DJing and shout out to Mo uh, one of Boozy uh, a friend we've made I've made through yeah. Boozy Fade friend of mine from university yeah who like will <laughs> request that song five times a night and I'll try and play it pretty much every time he asks I'll so. never forget the text uh, which I've mentioned before here but Never forget a night after we DJed at the Libertine, he sent a text to me on a night he month, requested the song on multiple occasions, and James had uh, played it, and I think I, I played it as well. And he was like, "He's like niggas really treated sold out dates like the like oh Canada today." <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, NBA Young Boy outside today. Uh, uh, NBA Young Boy is just another really great rapper uh, from Baton Rouge. Uh, outside today is like. I, about not wanting to go outside, which uh, for me was sort of the theme of like the winter like, <laughs> this year, and I was just, like, I was just like, ah, no, it's another another day just inside in the condo. Uh, my fourth song is ASAP Rocky featuring Skepta, Praise the Lord. Uh, it's a really fun song. Um, one of I think ASAP Rocky's best songs ever. Uh, it's. I, we're going to probably talk about testing at some point. I don't feel like I need to go say too much about this record, but it's uh, it's yeah, really great. And my last song is uh, Kevin Gates' "Change Lanes." Uh, Kevin Gates. I had the realization recently that Kevin Gates might be the most underrated artist of the 2010s. He's been making music from the beginning of the decade through to now that is pretty consistently excellent. It's probably a partly overshadowed by certain personal issues that he has. Uh, mm-hmm. But he's he has been making great music since, I think, what, 2009 or 10? And it's 2018. Like, that kind of longevity for an artist like that who has so many styles uh, was very early on the melodic rapping uh, tips. True. Uh, yeah, he's and that this 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 record is another. It's just another great work of his. Mm-hmm. Um, James mentioned that we're going to talk about testing at some point. It, this reminds me of a. Uh, it's a it's a funny running joke on the show now, but early on in the Jimmy Kimmel live era, when he first began the show and they couldn't really get great guests he would have this joke where at the end of every episode he goes oh sorry we didn't have time to get Matt Damon on but we'll have him on soon um, and I feel like that's what we're doing with with ASAP Rocky testing yeah. I just want to shout out Ryan who has recently <laughs> messaged me uh, sev- on several occasions about 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 this but we, we will get to it at yes, some point definitely um, so my songs I want to start with a rapper from the UK goes by the name of Octavian um, he has a song called Little, 
which uh, if you watch the video, is very OVO branded. I don't know mm. what the connection is there. I think they're they're pals. Of there's, some some, sort. there's something going on. Something. Some. They're up to something. Yeah. Um. But it's just a really fun, interesting, um, interesting voice in an interesting direction. And um, he has some other songs that are really like great song called Party Here and like just like once again like I mean I feel like for me at this stage like something that I really enjoy in artists is just versatility Mm -hmm. the ability to sound comfortable doing completely different styles Um, and Octavian has it and the song Little is just like uh, it's just it's just a song that it's catchy I think it really puts you I feel like I listen when I listen to that song I feel like I'm him yeah you know (laughs) so that's my first song. Uh, another song on my list is uh, Royce the Five Nine and J Cole, oh, Bob Lobote. That song's so good. It's a re- it's a beautiful song. Oh my song. god! I, I, I that, damn, that's a great song. Yeah, it's uh, it's Royce has always been extremely gifted at, uh, I mean, just at rapping. Uh, yes, and he's one of probably the all time top ten most underrated rappers. That's true. I think yeah, yeah. and just the ability to to really create an entire world. Mm-hmm. in a song just yeah. puts you in his position oh my God, that song's so good talks a lot in his past about um just like his relationship with his father and things and just like his battles with alcoholism mm-hmm. and this song is like a nostalgic him thinking back to you know going to an amusement park with his dad and just yeah. like great the, video directed by j cole also featured on the record is it directed by j cole it's directed wow by him, yeah. and j cole like a really a really strong verse from cole yeah uh that really like i feel like this oh, warmed me up warm me up for his album kod yeah. where i was like i was like oh maybe j cole is go good that song right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so um really really important song for my list um Another song is an, a recent discovery for me is a rapper named YNW Melly, who's from the swamp waters of Florida. Uh, I was talking to a friend, a friend about this today, but it's like Florida has supplanted Atlanta as yeah, being the, the epicenter of fresh new hip hop for right now. Yeah. Um, if you think about like all of like a lot of this, the new like SoundCloud set, yeah. I mean, if you start with like, if you start with Denzel Curry yeah. and work your way Space through space goes perp that's where it really starts yeah. and uh so in the raider clan and their various offspring which includes like rob banks and mm-hmm. and um denzel curry obviously and a bunch of other people but if you look, take it through like you know the kodak blacks and um and you little know pump. what's that little, little pump. pump little pump and yeah. smoke perp and yeah. like it's just it's just a really interesting something's going on there yeah. it's a lot of face tats a lot of dreads yeah uh, a lot of <laughs> but florida florida's on it on yeah. one and uh melly is d- deeply in line with a lot of those artists in terms of having dreads yeah <laughs> and um but you know we've talked a lot i think i think in general right now in the last few years has been a big a big focus on on kind of like trap ballads as mm-hmm. as we like to call them which is you know people doing gangster rap like contemporary gangster rap but singing a lot and using that as a way to convey a variety of emotions emotions which includes like regret um you know the feeling of like surviving like dire circumstances mm-hmm. um and melly's really good at at doing that he's really good at at, at he has a song called slang that iron which is a a rework of a chris brown song that is both funny <laughs> it's like, i mean it's just an extremely funny yeah. song uh the D, the dj great dj dj uh jeno said 
he described it as like a very passive aggressive song, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny to think of like in hip hop where you're just like used to aggressive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so this the song that I'm that I'm, I'm mentioning is Blue Balenciagas, uh, also known as Virtual. Which mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a song worth listening to. Like he, I, Melly has a bunch of great songs. He's Melly the Menace. Yeah, he's like very very consistent. And I feel like right now he's on an upswing. Yeah. And as another one of those artists that right now is like pretty niche, but is starting to gain some steam. And I feel like in six months' time, like who knows where he will be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so a few other songs I want to mention. Um, listen, I've talked a lot about Tierra Wack, <laughs> and I'm not going to stop. Like, I, I, like it's it's really important for me that you listen to this. Uh, so. Talking about the album Whack World, which has a lot of one-minute songs, I'm going to mention two songs that are back-to-back on that on that record that I really dig. One is called Hookers. The other is called Hungry Hippo. Um, just, just I'm not even going to say any more about it. Just go and sample those songs. They're, they're going to be on our our catch-up playlist. Uh, check check them out. They just get it's two minutes of your time. Yeah. And then and you know what? Then message me immediately after and tell me if you like. Jordan it. needs that. You're doing it for Jordan. You're doing it for me. You're doing it for yourself, ultimately, but yeah, let's discuss it after you listen to it. Yeah. Okay, that brings us to the end of another episode of Catch Up. Um, we hope that you enjoyed the show. Just want to give a shout out to all of our loyal listeners. Damn. Yeah, it's we amazing. appreciate you guys. Keep getting really interesting feedback from from people who are hitting me up on Twitter DM. People are texting me. People are hitting me up on Facebook and Instagram. So uh, please continue to show your love for the show by spreading the word to people that you think might be interested. And uh, if you're listening to the show, uh, don't be afraid to post that shit on Instagram stories and tag your boys. Yeah. Uh, at Jordan is Joso and at Rattlebones. Yeah. I, I, we, it's, it just honestly, I know it, it sounds trite, but it, it means a lot to us. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. Um, so it's, it's Friday. If you're listening to this on the day that it drops, uh, we are at Parts and Labor in Toronto's West End tonight. It's Boosty Fade 25. Yeah. Um, Bring your ass down. Yeah, we were we were potentially going to talk about the Tam Taylor record this week, but it uh, it's kind of been a funny limbo of not being super complete. I think mm-hmm. so. Uh, we're going to try and get to it uh, next week or maybe the week after, depending on how that saga plays out and and how 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 this new Drake album plays out because that's what we're going to be talking about next week. That's just I mean yeah. If you like Drake, tune in next week. Yeah. And if you don't gonna... like Drake, tune in next week. Yes. So thanks again for listening. We will talk to you soon. Goodbye.